right, hello and welcome to the K-Rad Radio Podcast. I am super excited because we have a local Arizona scene legend in the building, ladies and gentlemen. We have Adam Ramey from Whoa. Dropout Kings, Trap Metal Gods, here in the emerging Arizona trap metal scene. And uh, Adam, I just want to say thank you for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me, really man. Really appreciate it, dude. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I have been a fan of your guys' music since I since I discovered it, which was pretty recent. Um, and I guess like we could start with new metal. Like, Fuck yeah! Tell me about how new metal is a part <laughs> of what you guys do with your music and kind of where that passion came from. Like, yeah, no, start. for sure. Uh, so, I mean, the first CD I ever had was hybrid theory from Linkin Park so like immediately that was like I was obsessed with it I learned like literally every lyric on that album and uh that kind of just and then my uncle kind of like I grew up with my dad listening to stuff like Metallica and like ACDC and stuff like that so like I was already exposed to that from a young age but then my uncle started showing me like Mudvayne and System of a Down and Slipknot and like all that shit. So I kind of uh, wound up getting into all that because of him as well. So like just for, I mean, he burned me like all kinds of CDs, like all new metal shit. And then, uh, yeah, I just wound up becoming obsessed with it and uh, just kind of fucking never left it really. Hell yeah. Yeah. Right? Like that first time you discovered like Three Days Grace. Yeah, or, right. Know, yeah. Like that album, like Echoes, or no, what was, the, what was that name of the album with like the, the dudes holding hands? I don't with even the white, know. You know the one that's like, uh, it's, let's start a riot. Yeah. Riot. I that would, album is I, lit. Yeah. Uh, my aunt was like super obsessed with them, but I, I guess I never really, like obviously I heard all the radio jams and sure. all that stuff and uh. I was into it, but I never had the CD, so I guess I didn't get, like, insanely into it, but they're still lit, though. Is yeah. it Soli is his name? The singer? I think so, that yeah. Band? Yeah, that guy's a beast. He's a savage. Yeah. I remember, because I feel like the, like, with metal, you can't just go zero to 100. Like Yeah, it's like stepping people, stones. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember my first one was Linkin Park. It was, like, right. homie was, like, his parents are going through divorce. He was, like, the edgy kid. And he <laughs> on, like, Linkin Park. I was, like, oh, what the fuck? This is sick. Um, and that was kind of, like, the first time I had heard something, like, screaming, like, with Chester. Just, like, <sighs> Yeah, honestly, I think me, too. That Hell was, like, yeah. the first thing I, like, first screaming thing I heard was the... Uh, Lincoln Park, and I thought it was because he had such like a unique voice. It was just different, but it was cool though because they were doing new shit, you know. But I thought it was dope. But yeah, they're good. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I feel like if someone were to just pick up and like listen to, uh, I don't know. Like Cradle of Filth, they'd be like, "No way, I'm out." Screaming yeah, out, like not happening. It's funny because like when I started getting into like the heavier stuff, Cradle of Filth was like one of the first bands that uh, I started like getting into, like as far as the super heavy shit. And my I remember like even though my dad loved like heavy stuff, he 
kind of was like, what the fuck is this type <laughs> deal? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, first concert I ever went to, though, was a Slipknot concert. Ah. So that turned out to be fucking crazy. Tell me you've got one story from the Slipknot show. Fuck yeah, dude. I was 12 <laughs> years old. My uncle, the one that got me into a lot of this shit, uh, convinced my mom to let him take me to the concert because I'd never been to one. And I was just like begging her forever. I was just like, let me go. And she's like, no, blah, blah. And then finally, my uncle and my dad like teamed up and like got her to be like, come on, like we're going to be there with them. It's going to be chill. And like there's seats, like we're going to be sitting. Because it was, I think it was Comerica Theater or something like that. <clears throat> but yeah, so I get there and I was like, Stoke and it was them, Lamb of God and Shadows Fall. So it was like a super heavy fucking first yeah. concert <laughs> at twelve. But, yeah, <laughs> but that was the shit that I was into. So it was dope. And then uh, yeah, it like the concert started and Shadows Fall played and it was sick. And then uh, Lamb of God went on and that's when shit started getting super crazy and people were like lighting shit on fire and moshing what? around it and it's inside. Jesus so it was Christ. fucking crazy. There's like Animals. three mosh pits going, <laughs> and there's just, or sorry, circle pits rather, and there's just a bunch of shirts on fire in the middle of it. Like they all took their shirts off, lit them on fire, threw them in a pile, and were just moshing around it. It was fucking nuts, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, and Joey Jordanson got in that drum cage thing that was the like upside, going upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That shit was dope. God, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that I think I was like maybe 15 and that's when my first show was Foo Fighters oh and, sick uh, I love I love Dave Grohl yeah he's like the nice man. fucking dude like and yeah Rocker, like yeah. yeah but I'll never forget my buddy was his favorite band was Slipknot and so he was like we gotta fucking go like da 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 and this was like when they had Paul Gray like when you saw him too yeah and uh I'll never forget I saw a midget that looked like Danny DeVito light up a crack pipe Right in front no, of me, didn't. and then tossed on a Vader mask. What the fuck? <laughs> Crazy Damn. shit I've seen at a show. Crackheads, man! Just crackheads, I swear. Man. He looked just like Danny DeVito. That's that a, maybe like, it was. It could have been. <laughs> maybe that's why he's wearing a Vader mask. <laughs> God. But no, nah, man. See, I miss that. I miss that scene. Like, I miss like I that. Know. You know what I mean? And like, it progressed. Into the metalcore, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was dope, too. Like, um, Devil Wars Prada. Right. And, like, were you I super mean, into that scene, too? Oh, absolutely. Like, this was, like, MySpace days when I feel like, for me, that's when I got exposed to metalcore stuff was when MySpace was popular. First band I ever found that was, quote-unquote, like, Screamo was Bless the Fall. And uh, they had two songs on their profiles, Dying Black Rose and Black Rose Dying, one of them wound up becoming Take Me Now. But, yeah, so this is when they had, like, two songs on their profile. And, like, I would jam that shit, like, every day. And I was like, damn, this band's sick. Found out they were from Arizona. I was like, damn, that's epic. Like, blah, blah. And then, you know, from there, it started getting into, like, Devil Wars Prada. And uh, who the fuck else did I like a lot? Uh, I mean, this isn't really, like, metalcore, I guess, per se. But I was really <coughs> into uh, Between the Buried and Me at the time. Okay. As well. And then, like, just all the scene bands, like Attack Attack and, like, 
Dan's Cabin, really Dan's dying. As I Lay Dying, yeah, yeah, Bleed, yep, August Burns Red, Bleeding Through, like all that stuff. August Burns Red, the Dude. that's like one of the that is ah. the best band I've ever seen live. They are I so gotta technical, say. but They're fucking kid amazing. me not that they do not look like what you would expect oh, August Burns no. Red to look like. Absolutely not. They just that's, look like normal dudes that work like desk jobs or something. Bro, it's they weird. look like not because it's all right, because we know the struggle. But like Geek Squad. They were like right. the polos, dude. And I was just yeah. like, I mean, I feel like, like flip flops. Yeah, but you know, they're just being them. You know, they don't yeah. give a fuck. They're just like, I'm being me, and I'm gonna go play a fucking show right now. Like and they're hard as fuck. They're one Nobody of those cares. bands. They don't need their image really. They just kind of put everything through. Like, hey, we just fucking shred. You know. <laughs> So it's like no one really cares about what they look like. They're like, yeah. this guy's fucking kidding. And that's it. what it should be. Like, that's of, what all it should the be scene, like. of all the scenes totally. that should be accepted. 100%. Because like, it's already like such a niche thing to be into like metal, metal for the most part. Right. As opposed to like super mainstream stuff where that's True. pushed too. You'd think that some of those scenes would be more open. But what I found is that a lot of times it's like the opposite. There's like all these gatekeepers. It's very close-minded. Isn't that weird? Yeah, like, it is weird. Opposite? I would expect it to be the opposite, but it's very much like metal elitist type deal. It's very, I mean, but in a way, it's, almost every community is kind of like that in a sense when it comes to certain things like everyone's True. closed off to a certain, t- anything, if it's new, people are afraid of it. Right. You know, it takes right. a while for people to come around to certain things. So. Like, how much shit did people talk on Bring Me the Horizon every single time oh they God. went to drop a new album? Right? That's another band, too. Yeah, Bring Me the Horizon, as mm. far as, like, the scene bands. Yeah, it's like, fuck. They're, I mean, gotta be one of the biggest influences of for me, at least. Dude, Ollie's screams. Dude, that's, like, like what I learned how to scream from was listening to... Ollie Sykes specifically, I would say. That's a really good point. And that's something that I want to talk to you about too. Mm-hmm. Was um so for people that don't listen to metal regularly, we are saying words. There are words behind mm-hmm. there. A lot of times it helps if you look up the lyrics and then you can get into it a lot more. Yeah. But when you're first learning how to scream, like how did you teach yourself and like how do you maintain so that you're not because I've heard stories of like uh God, I can't remember uh what's He's the screamer. Um, I won't hold back. I won't hold back. Uh, hmm. I can't, uh, dude. I can't remember his name. But anyways, he like tore his vocal cords like on tour because he was screaming wrong and had it's, to get like a. Surgery. It's not North Lane, is it? Or like? No, it was like a recent like come up band that. Uh, Fuck. It's gonna uh, drive, it's me, gonna crazy drive me crazy. Too. <laughs> Damn. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of me. I'm sick of the person I used to be. I don't fucking know. That's weird. I don't know. I don't come to me at some random part. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll take it yeah. back to that Anyways, at some point. But yeah, like, how did you get into screaming and, like, describe Dude, that, man? Prior to me getting into screaming, when I was a little kid, I'll tie this in. This sounds kind of random now, <laughs> but it's setting up for later on. Yeah. But uh, when I was a little kid... For some fucking reason, I mean, I was like probably like anywhere between six to eight years old. I was obsessed with trying to make myself lose my voice. I was like obsessed with it. So I would scream and like bloody murder into a pillow 
and just try to fucking shred my shit and just like just so I could lose. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought it was cool or something. I don't know. How, how old is like little? Like five? I six, was like between ten. six to eight. I would say. Was your mom just like what? The fuck? No, like no one could hear it because I'd like Cause you put were in it pillow. in my yeah. So like, oh. I, so, but you know, going into the future, like, so I started getting into that music and I'm like, I played drums, but I wanted to do vocals. And so I went a few years, I played drums for like 12 years. And then I was in a couple bands where I played drums and I played some shows, like when I played drums. And then eventually I was just, I always wanted to be a vocalist. So I just fucking started listening to like, I liked Bring Me the Horizon Screams the most, so I started listening to that a lot, and, like, I would just watch videos of all these psychs. Like, I'd try to watch it live because you can hear, like, a lot of, like, the way... You can see the, the way they do stuff. it. Yeah, right, like exactly, like... dude. So, like, I would watch that shit all the time, and, like, uh, that was honestly one of the main people. Him and Chester were, like, some of the... Two of the main dudes I would listen to a lot as far as, like, trying to, like find my own scream because like when people are trying to learn how to like scream i feel like it's hard because people want to copy exactly what and this goes for like singing too and or anything like that like people want to try and copy exactly what they're doing and it's yeah it's good to do that when you're first learning but the best way is like use it as more of like a, a guideline and then put your own tone of voice on it because that's right. what really makes the difference right. between screamers is like obviously what you have to say and be and just the way it's delivered but also the tone of your voice because the only reason I sound I sound different than you or you sound different than any other person is because your bone structure is different so the resonance even when you're singing or screaming or anything vocal the reason my voice sounds the way it does compared to yours is because our bone structure is different same voice box different bone structure so the notes resonate different so if you can kind of manipulate that in your own way you can get your own unique sound and that's one of like the biggest things i try to tell people like be yourself find your own voice right, right? and it's totally fine because i totally was like it's I hard, mean that's man. if you're I know, I was a like, it's, Oh totally. It's hard. If you're influenced by somebody, you know, obviously you wanna sound like that, but you know, it's good for a guideline, but that's it, you know, like other than that, like kinda and it's easier, like, especially with vocal covers, I feel like people get so stuck on like trying to sound or make it exactly, exactly like it. But dude, the ones that are the best are always the ones that like they do their own thing a little bit, like they sing it in their way. People and it want makes, to feel you. That's what I'm that's saying. What it gets right. Lost They're in like they've heard right? that song a million times, but if you're gonna cover it, like what? Dude, you know? and that's like another. It's like side note. Like, all right, like I get like doing covers every once in a while, but like straight up, like people that just cover, I'm like, why? Like I can. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could do it, man. Like. Yeah. Dude, some people dislike it. Like, no, yeah. no, but I feel you though. Like, I, like, I don't even like playing covers. Honestly, I just like playing my own shit. Yeah, you know, like I don't know. And it's not like a snooty thing. It's just like, I just don't get that same feeling when I play someone else's thing or other someone else's song rather than like when I play my own. Like, it gives me a different, like sense of completion or something but i see why some people do vocal covers a lot because like 
when my other band broke up, I started doing vocal covers just to like kind of stay busy and stay relevant. Right. Also, like I could have stuff. I could still feel like I was getting an outlet with music and still be like, hey, here's like a body of work that I could show a project that they're, you know, trying to get me into it or something like that. And it was building, you know, just staying in the mix, yeah. basically. Right, 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 right. right. Well, because that's always a weird thing when you're transitioning between bands but you're like yeah I, I, i'm sure like hard me, i've been I'm there sure, a million times dude i'm sure you're like me where it's like when you're not in music or not playing music you're you go fucking crazy oh dude i want to literally die yeah when i'm not. right and like, like i've tried show, it and like, it's not good for my mental health i want to be up there yeah like the whole dude time. i hate going to shows when i'm not in a band yeah, like, it's the worst. I fucking hate it because it's, it's the worst. It's almost like you're on the basketball team. You're like you're in the you're in the fucking NBA or something, and uh, you're like watching this team in the championship game, and you're like, I want to fucking play in the championship. Yeah, game. you're like, you know, got a like, pulled ACL. Or some yeah, shit, and you're, just like, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? That should be me. <laughs> yeah, nah, I fucking hate that. Yeah, but well, dude, that's awesome. Uh, like we could get into it a little bit later, but like at some point, like I would love to hear like your journey of like how you started and like the local bands that you were in, just like oh the yeah, first few yeah we can talk like, about it yeah like whenever. what was that progression like? Because I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about. Like a lot of times you just like you see the bands that like sound good, but like nothing ever happens, they fall apart, like whatever. Just like most bands, and then out of nowhere, it's like boom! All right, these guys you used to know are now like. Yeah, it. you know what it's I mean. So and it's like, crazy. where's that gap of like Dude, what happens? Like, describe it, it like goes, your journey, if yeah, you could, man. Like that would be so valuable. Like people listening, because a lot of people that listen are in the DIY scene or like in bands and shit. You know? Right. Um. Yeah. So like, like I was saying, I played drums in a few bands. The first band I was ever in was like with my homie Nick, and it, we just called it Five for Glory, and it was just, like, a garage band type thing, you know? Just, like, fucking played a couple shows, like, first show. I mean, the first show we ever played was, I think, it was with The Word Alive and Greeley Estate, so that shit was cool. You played with fuck. The Word Alive at your first yeah. show? What? At the Nile, and it was ah! fucking packed. We got lucky. We got That's lucky sick. as fuck. But it turned out to be sick as fuck, and I remember Telly did a backflip off stage, so that was cool as fuck. Uh, but yeah, so that was pretty epic. So yeah, I played a few shows in that, and then after a while, dude, like that's when I played drums, and like uh, I kind of just wanted to do vocals. So then I sure. wound up getting in this other band. Uh, they posted something on, I think Facebook was like taking over at the time. But I think it was on Facebook, and then uh, they're like hosting, tri having tryouts for a uh, like a screamer. So I was like, cool, yeah, I'll fucking go try. But then I I was like so thought I was like, man, they probably have so many fucking people like, cause it was good. And I was like, dude, they probably have so many people trying out. Right. Like I was just so self conscious. I'm like, they, I'm I'm probably not even gonna have a chance. Blah blah. blah. I get there, it all like. They just hand me a mic and they start playing and they're like, yeah, just fucking jump in whenever. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And then I just went in and we started doing shit. And then, uh, yeah, I wound up getting in and then that band wound up becoming, it was called We The Collectors and uh, 
that's like where I really got my start in music. I would say was right uh, like in that We the Collectors band, and then we did a lot of stuff. We did like a couple small little weekend warrior runs. But mainly it got me established like in the music scene and it like showed me how like being in a band works and like we did an album at a legitimate studio and like it was my first real experience and it it taught me a lot because it taught me what like it wound up not working out obviously because I'm not in it anymore but it what it did was it taught me what I did right and what I did wrong and it built my rapport and like my report card and all that stuff so like exactly so like you know that ended and you know it sucked and i didn't know what i was gonna do but i wound up just you know i did covers for a while sure. and i would uh just do random shit to stay busy and then i wound up getting in a band with uh the bad chapter and those were a couple friends that i had had from uh just being in the music industry and stuff at the time and uh yeah we did the we did the bad chapter for a while and then that was like what really really got me established in the industry because like phil drew york was the vocalist and he was in i am abomination he did a tour with attack attack and like so he was and i was a fucking huge i am abomination fan so it was just like super cool and that wound up not working out um but you know and i fucking wanted to quit music so bad after that because like it left such a bad taste in my mouth and like we got super established and like it was just a lot of blood sweat and tears a lot of hard fucking work and i felt like it was almost for nothing and like i wanted to quit music so bad but like life just it was weird it wouldn't let me so like i wound up just staying busy and just trying to stay positive and like Looking back on it now, if I would have quit at that point, it would have been the biggest fucking mistake of my life because what happens after all that is just like, it's been the best experience that I've had so far. So it's just crazy to think like, I really wanted to quit, you know, and I almost fucking did, but I just fucking just, I wanted it, you know, like. You it's have like to. if you do, you have it, to. It, it kicks you, you down, to, bro. It, it kicks you down. It so does, hard. It's dude. You you have and it's it, really it's just like, like it's all about like how bad you do you fucking want it? You know, like that's like what I kept asking myself, and I felt like that's what the universe or whatever you want to call it was pushing me. It was just like how bad do you fucking want it? And I'm like, I want it pretty bad, and so after that, after the bad chapter broke up, uh. I started doing covers again and I remember I had the idea for dropout Kings and I was like, I want to do like a true rap rock band. But I was like, I don't want it to be like shitty raps that like some dude rhymes a couple words and he thinks he's a rapper. Like it right. needs to be a fucking legit MC. And then I want to add, like, just straight-up screams into it. And I've had this idea since fucking ever, bro. Like, right. ever since I was, like, <laughs> a fucking 14, it's 15. It's been around since, like, what, like, the yeah. 80s, 90s? Yeah, I mean, we're not people. doing like, anything like, new, you know what I but mean? But, dude, it's so sick it, yeah, because the it's, quality of the recording right, and, and the it's fucking just, screaming with right, it. It's like, that you know, is, but it's different. Right, and it's just we're just doing what we're doing, you know? And, right. like, that's why it's different. Like, it's the same ideas, all that stuff, but it's just, like, our own perspective of it, you know what I mean? But, uh, 
so yeah anyways like i was like yeah i want to find a legit mc and then um i just started looking at fucking videos of like local rappers and stuff and then i came across this one that was like az underdog cypher i remember that's what it was called and then uh it was like five local rappers and then i saw eddie on that who wound up becoming you know the, the yeah he's the other vocalist in the band like it's me and him both lead yeah. vocals and uh so i saw him and i'm like that's the fucking guy i want like him right there like he's got something i don't know what it is but i vibe with it you could feel and it. i dude i could that's so it. i fucking like scoured the comments to find like who it was so i hit him up and then i'm like i hope this guy fucking responds because i don't want to like settle for someone else like i want him <laughs> right and uh his manager responded and uh he was like I told him what I want. I wanted to do a cover of Lying From You by Linkin Park. And I was like, and I want him to do Mike Shinoda's part. Yeah. And then I wanted to do Chester's parts. So he was like, fuck yeah, I love that song. And I think Eddie would be super down to do it. So yeah, it winds up up happening. Me and him hang out for the first time. We wind up vibing immediately. We record all the audio and it fucking came out cool. We did a video together. And then we put it on YouTube, and it fucking, like, did better than anything I've ever put out before. Wow. So it was, like, super tight. And I was like, wow, I, like, was not expecting that. And then that's when all those ideas started flooding in with, like, like wanting to do a band that was, like, rap rock, you know? So, right. like, I was, you know, so after we did that, I'm like, dude, that got a good reaction. Like, let's fucking make a band out of it. And he was like, all right. So then we fucking got a couple songs together, and then first song we ever wrote was Scratch and Claw, and then that wound up becoming, like, the song that got us our record deal, and it was a song that is, it's our biggest song still, but um, wound up being the first song. Plug Scratch and Claw. (laughs) I'm just fucking, (laughs) I'm gonna put it in there. No, dude, that song's fucking sick. That song yeah, slaps, dude. That song, thanks, bro. Like, for that to be your first song that you guys wrote dude, as like a collective, it just like, like fucking. Too. It was interesting how it happened, but uh, yeah. So then we wound up doing that, and then um, the members of the band were everybody from the Bad Chapter, and also my homie Chucky from my first or my first band that got me really into the scene was We the Collectors. So it was my homie from that band as well so then we all made this band and it originally called phoenix down but and that was a final fantasy reference because i'm obsessed with final fantasy and then uh yeah shouts uh but yeah so and then like when we got when we got the deal um we wound up finding out that there's another band called phoenix down they only had like a couple like couple hundred likes on facebook and we like hit them up and we're like and they hadn't been active in like three years, so we were like, "Dude, like, is there any way we can like work this you out? Know, like, yeah, buy the URL yeah, or something yeah, like, yeah. Come on." And yeah. uh, they never fucking responded or anything, and so eventually the label was just like, "Honestly, fuck it, just think of a new name." And we're like, "Bro, that's like the hardest fucking thing." Anyways, we wound up coming up with Dropout Kings that we all fucking hated at first, for, uh, but then it grew on us, and we we're like, "Shit, this is what it was always supposed to be." But uh, that's tight. Yeah. Dude, what was that a whole like uh, experience? Because Napalm, like I looked Napalm records up, and 
they're fire. But most of it's like symphonic metal and like it's European like Viking, Viking metal, shit. bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, Vikings. Dude, it it's Viking me. stuff. So my drummer in my first band, the Unrelated, was he's an archaeologist that studies what? Vikings. That's sick. Bro, he quit art. Okay, so get this. So like, I met this dude. Um, I was at I was going to ASU, and I burnt some fucking chicken, and it was I was like. <laughs> I was coming home after like a Friday night and I was like, oh, right. so like I started making some food and I just like burnt this chicken like really bad and start smoking like, oh. room, like awful. So like I propped the door open <laughs> and like was like letting the smoke out and stuff. And then this dude just walked into my apartment with a two foot tall Liberty Spike mohawk and like a casualties leather jacket and was just like, bro, you cooking food? And he had, like, this big-ass beard. And I was like, yeah, man, like, it's pretty gnarly. And he's like, dude, can I have some? And I was like, sure. And he ate a piece of this chicken, and it was like, blood came out, and it was black. It was just disgusting. And then, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, he spit it out. And then Damn. he saw that I had a guitar in my, in my room, and he's like, dude, like, do you play? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I'm in a rap rock band. And I can't remember what the name of his band was, but they were, they were sick. It was, like, another local rap rock band. And he's like... <laughs> Dude, you want to jam? And I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And that was like the start of like How the crazy. project, which is crazy. But then he ended up having to leave the band because his major was archaeology. And he got an offer to study Viking bones That's in cool as Iceland. So he's like a Liberty Spike punk rock casualty metal dude that like, yeah. is off studying. Honestly, like, shout out to Dane. Yeah, I can kind of <laughs> relate to that, bro, because I've always been super interested in like ancient civilizations and like plants and like fucking psychoactive yeah. compounds and like all that shit. So like, I feel like if I ever stopped doing music, it would probably I would do something like that too. Yeah, dude, it's a sick passion that he's got. And like, yeah, it's dope. He's making it like a living. Like, I want to go visit that guy. I haven't been to Europe. But uh, back to, because I want to touch on uh, your thoughts on Colorado and Oregon working on legalizing uh, psychedelic mushrooms. I'm all for it, yeah. bro. Because, like, I feel that, because you've heard that, uh, what is it, on the Joe Rogan podcast where he talks about that, like, ancient ape theory or like i forget what it's stoned called. ape theory the stoned ape yeah theory, yeah yeah right? the uh terrence mckinnis theory right terrence mckinnis theory i think the uh let me check on the video right now but we'll, we'll take a pause there ah. all right what's up tay taking a quick commercial break <laughs> That's where you plug Scratch and Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. And I think this is charged enough to where I can bring it like more like over here. Let's see if I can get it. Where are you? There you are. Let's see. Hola. You out here.
All right. Stone Ape Theory. Yes. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I think it's plausible. Because, like, basically in layman's terms, yeah, basically, like, in a nutshell, it's like, imagine, I think it was from uh, a million years ago, they're using stone tools or something like that, right? And then from, like, a million years ago to two million years ago, like, they're using, like, the same kind of tools. I'm not sure on the time frame, but it was, like, either that or several hundred thousand years ago. But, like, there was, like, a couple hundred thousand year period where there was very little change in, like, the tools that they used. Right. And then eventually they came in the Bronze Age. In the Bronze Age, they, you know, started using, like, metal and, like, ore and all that type of shit, you know? But that was a really long stretch of time. But then from, like, that time frame to, like... 15,000 years ago or so like or 5,000 years ago I think it was like we just progressed like insane amounts you know like it just ridiculous like so it doesn't make sense if like all that time ago there was all this distance in between time they're using the same type of tools and so very little change now all of a sudden it's just like super inclined you know it's like what changed what changed there right they think it was the ability to communicate with one another because before we communicated in a similar way to, that animals do through body language and stuff like that, you know, oh, oh, mm, uh, precisely, oh. you know, so it's like little so verbal or like, you know, social cues and like just body language stuff. And uh, we were hunter gatherers at the time, so we would follow herds of cattle for days, you know, we would just stalk the, they would stalk their prey and they would just keep following them and keep following them. And then they would make a kill and they would take it all the way back to where they're at. So, well, if you're following herds of cattle, what are you going to come across? Their shit. What's growing in their shit? Mushrooms. So even you even see this in apes. Uh, if you observe them, they will, if they come across a new food source, they will, uh, take a sample of it and try a little bit of it wait about 10 minutes eat a little more wait another 10 minutes and then they eat the whole thing so they test it out to make sure it's not dangerous for them to consume you know because food was scarce at the time which is why we had to follow herds of cattle for so far because the food sources were very scarce so there was an option we're eating more diverse things at the time you know we're like roots and all this other shit so like we were experimenting with stuff you know so it would make sense if a few of them were like, oh, these things are growing in here. Let's try a couple. Now they're dosed up on a little bit of mushrooms, right? So what happens is in your brain, you uh, it establishes new neuro net or neuro pathways. So there's all these new networks in your brain going off. You know, it it, it stimulates the communication center in your brain. And this is all scientifically proven, like as far as like right. what it there's does to you. There's studies on this too. Yeah, and so basically. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, that's when you start seeing the first cave paintings because you in the first cave paintings are things like white antelope and shit. Well, that doesn't exist in nature. The white antelope don't exist. So why are they? Why are the first cave paintings? Where is that right? From? It's an altered right. state of consciousness, and they're seeing it, and it's so profound that they're like, I gotta like put this on something, and so they're like, then they then they start making all the old petroglyphs and stuff, you know, like. 
And that's where you start seeing the first writings and all this other stuff, you know, and eventually you start communicating. So in small doses, it actually increases your depth perception, too, because the only time I've ever played, the only time I've ever played a perfect game of beer pong was when I was shrooming. And I never thought in my life, like, I was like, we're about to play beer pong right now. I'm tripping hard as fuck. Me and my partner were both on mushrooms. I swear to fucking God, none of us missed. We both didn't miss a cup. (laughs) They didn't even get the balls back. We literally beat. We just. It was all us. Like perfect game. You didn't miss a fucking shot. In defense shot. of the beer pong, you could have just been dialed in. But I think Dude, that, that no, helped you focus. I'm not. I wasn't that good at the time. Like so this I was really, like out of the I was ordinary. mediocre at. Be- it was so. It was the only time before or since that that's ever happened. And the only time okay, I've ever I played beer pong, thing, or right. the only time I've ever, and that was the only time I've ever played beer pong shrooming. So there's variables. So I'm just like, all right, if that's the only variable, then, you know, and I didn't find out till later that it actually increases your death perception. So back to the stoned ape theory, though. So, like, imagine, like, a couple of them ate some of those mushrooms, and it was a little bit, and they start feeling these effects. They throw a spear or something, and they, they're, all of a sudden, they're better, you know, at hunting, you know, because they're, like, their death perception's better. So they, you know, they killed an animal or something. So imagine one of them's, like, the other ones see that, they're like, damn, he ate that shit, and now he's, like, better at hunting. He's like so then they want to eat it, you know? Right. And then all of a sudden, you're eating more and more, and now they're going on these huge spiritual fucking, like, trips. super profound trips, you know? And that's when you start seeing those first cave paintings and stuff. So it would right. make sense in that aspect. And that's all speculative and all that stuff, but it really makes sense more than a lot of theories that I hear for humans. No, I... I agree. And the, it's a theory, but yeah. I do, from what I remember, too, yeah. is that it, uh, you have to account for the doubling of the brain size, and they think that that may have been what it was that triggered, because it was like, our yeah. brains were one size, and then after the uh, cow patty theory, um, the stoned ape theory, then the brain doubled in size, and that's when they're doing all that totally. all that stuff. So, right. You know, it's, it's a thing, and I think that um, the fact that all of the psychoactive psychoactive substances that um you know freaked people out back in like the 50s or the 60s or whatever they originally got put on the schedule one i think that they were just scared of what they did and they thought okay this is not good for factory workers this is not good for 100%. people their jobs so they don't like, we they want you to be a fucking zombie yeah they don't want you to be free thinking they don't want you thinking about that kind of shit they want you to fucking drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes and like work hard drink caffeine and you know just do shit that you grind and i mean i do all of that shit you know <laughs> so it's just like right. it works you know right all right well let's come back to this all right we're back we're back here so i feel like taking it back to uh music a little bit more um i saw that you guys worked with nick samson and he's like a homie from Michigan, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the dude. Okay, so, like, the importance of finding a producer and, like, how that can separate yourself. Dude. Like, how crucial is that? You know, it's funny you bring that up because I didn't actually realize until we recorded with Nick Sampson how integral it is to have a producer that, like, works with your band. Like, 
the way, best way I can explain it, and our guitarist says this a lot, stage says this a lot, like, your producer is almost like another member of the band that's not in the band, in a way. Like, it's, right. you gotta look at him as, like, another member of the band, though, in a sense. Like, because he's that integral. And, like, I mean, if we were to do an album with a different producer, it's gonna sound different, you know? Right. Because, like, Nick knows what we're going for. Some other guy's perception of it might be a little different, you know? So it's like, and that will factor in, like, how he mixes it. Like, you know, what he thinks is a good take or, like, what he's like, hey, you should try this, you know? Because Nick did that a lot. He's like, hey, would you be down to try this, this, and this? And, like, he he pushed me to do things that, like, I would never probably would have done if it wasn't for him. And, you know, he got me really started thinking more outside the box and just, like, little shit. He would, like... I would have, like, a line, and he'd be like, trick it up a little bit with, like, this, this, and this, you know? It's, like, little things like that go a long way, you know? Even, like, changing a couple syllables around, you know? Like, it makes a fucking difference, you know? So, I feel like finding a producer is, like, one of the most integral, part, like, parts of being in a band that's successful. Dude, I fully agree with you. And, like, that's been the struggle for a lot of the projects that I've been in, too, is just, like, yeah. finding the right guy. Right. And especially in Arizona, too, there's so few yeah. like, producers that are out there that are, like, going for... There's like, actually a lot now. There are, but... The, the good mean, ones, yeah, yeah. Right. But, but I know a few if you ever wanted some suggestions, so... Absolutely. Absolutely enough. Because, do you know Hiram? I was just about to bring Hiram up. Bro. That's my homie. Yeah, dude. Hiram's super His good. His shit is dope. Yeah, I, saw I did that song with Dayshell and the, uh, Hiram recorded that. Combat? Yeah. What? Yeah, Hiram recorded it. He I recorded the whole that. album, the whole new Dayshell album. Wow. And it sounds good as fuck. It sounds super dope. Yeah, I mean, it's not out yet, but like, I've heard like all the other, like, Shaylee showed me a lot of it and it was sick as fuck. That's so dope. Yeah. Dude, that collab is so sick, too. It was he, tight. He uh, was from Of My Cement, right? Like, he yeah. used to be? Yeah, yeah. What, what did he do in Of My Cement? He was a get... clean vocalist, and he wrote all the guitar shit. I need your love like a boy needs his Yeah, Second and Sebring. Yeah, he wrote that. God, man, that song is so... That yeah, song he's fucking amazing. To Me, too. Man, that's fucking... Dude, and, like, that's the craziest part of, like... That was honestly one of the favorite... My favorite experiences of like doing music so far because i always looked up to i've always loved shaylee's voice like i felt like he was the most unique singer ever you know and like just fucking getting to work with them was cool as fuck and now we're friends you know so it's just crazy like everything comes full circle bro like and I listen, and like anyone that knows me knows I listen to Day Show a lot. So it was just random, dude. It just fucking happens, bro. It's just if you put yourself in the right spot at the right time, like it's gonna fucking happen. It's just I, weird. You know, I heard a quote one time, and it said that once you decide to do something, the whole universe conspires to make it happen for you. That's very true. It like does. You just gotta believe it fully. You know, like there's this other, there's this podcast I watch a lot. Uh, it's like the Charlie Rocket Show. But it was, like, 2 Chain's manager, and, like, he just tells you, like, all the shit that he's done, and, like, he does this thing called, like, a, a quantum possibilities notebook, and he just, like, writes shit in there, like, every day I'll write shit, like, uh, like, I want this fucking tour to happen, like, it's gonna be, I'm gonna talk to him today, they're gonna respond, it's gonna be easy. You know, like I put, it's going to be easy for everything, and That's it's, sick. like, and eventually, like, law of attraction and stuff like that, like... You just gotta fucking channel it, bro. Like, I feel like people 
fuck up time because like they think we experience like we as humans experience it linearly like one moment to the next you breathe in breathe out that's a second you know like but i feel like time's more like instead of like linear it's more like there's tangents and it's like so there's different possibility tangents and like you can tune into any one of those like it'll ultimately probably lead you to like around the same area somewhat but I feel like there's crucial moments in time where, like, if you want this to happen, like, that possibility exists somewhere out there. Yeah. You just have to channel it. Yes. And you can go on to it and do that, you know? But you have to be... Because it, it's everything's frequencies. Like, this is proven. Music like, is every, frequency. We are music frequency. Is, we are frequency. Your vibe, right, love, yeah. Like, I mean, everything is a human, frequency. Yeah. You know? So it's like, matter is a frequency, you know? It's like... If you can tune into it, like, it will happen. Like, it just will. And, like, one thing he always says, too, is, like, it already happened. It's just time hasn't caught up with it yet. You know, like, it's already going to happen. Just hasn't, time hasn't caught up yet. And it's, like, dude, that's super fucking true. Like, away. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, that's tight, man. That's really nice to hear. Like, that's so comforting to hear. Because you think about how many aspiring artists or aspiring painters, um, you know, musicians, entrepreneurs, like people with that idea where it's like they bleed this passion, but it hasn't happened yet. But they know in the back of their mind that if they keep going, something will happen because there are little unexplainable things that just align sometimes. So true. Right? Yeah. And it's like in those moments, you're like, Okay, I get it. Yeah, nah, it's weird. I feel like uh, the universe or, like, God or, like, whatever you want to call it, like, if you tune in to stuff and, like, because I feel like you get rewarded for being, like, a questioner and, like, a seeker and, like, an adventurer, you know? Like, every integral character, like, even in all religious texts or, like, big stories or, like, fucking superheroes, like, they all went on an adventure, you know, yeah. like every fucking superhero went on an adventure. Every like religious, like religious archetype, like went on a journey. You know, so it's like it's all about the journey. You know, and like even like people, like there's this whole thing about like enlightenment. Like no one can ever really be fully enlightened, but it's about the journey to enlightenment. You know, being as good as you can be. Like that's what it's about. You know, like progressing and getting better rather than being perfect, which is kind of why you're here. Because if everything was perfect, you wouldn't need to be here. But there's chaos and there's all this other shit. So it's like for you to progress, like you have to have some kind of struggle, like, you know, or else you're never going to get better. That's why, you know, it's just there'd be no point if everything was perfect. Wouldn't work. Gotta have that duality. Right. You have to have that struggle. You have to have that chip on your shoulder. You have to have that warmth. Right. It's to a get badge better. of honor, bro. It is, man. You, you go earn through it. something. Levels, yeah. Bro. Dude, think of like There's when it, like okay, any really, really, really successful person, most of the time came from nothing. Shit. Dude, because they fucking they were hungry. Some of these kids that are born with like trust funds and shit, like live off daddy's money their whole lives and they don't wind up doing shit with their lives. Like, that's not everybody. Like, there are people that become very successful and they inherit that motivation and all that other shit. But I think generally, like, it's that or that. And so it's like, dude, there's something to being tested or like going through struggle. Like, I feel like it gives you years of life experience. It's like, you watch Dragon Ball Z? I wasn't. 
into Dragon. I was a Pokemon guy. Oh, uh, I am too. I love Pokemon. Ah, fuck Digimon. But yeah, right? uh, yeah such yeah. a rip off. But uh, yeah, it, I feel like it's like being in the hyperbolic time chamber though. Like every minute is like an hour in the hyperbolic time chamber or something like that. Yeah, or like okay, so like the the content. I just watched the, this is in my head because I just watched uh, Cloud Atlas. Uh, oh yeah, have you yeah, ever yeah. Seen that? Uh, with uh, oh, Tom yeah, Hanks of, and Halle Berry, dude, I it's know, older. bro. I've seen it, but I think I fell asleep with it. I always confuse that with Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. Yeah, I could see that. that. It's an investment. It's a three-hour movie, but yeah. the whole concept of it is like your actions from the past impact the future and the present at the same time. And they just carry onward through time and space forever through infinity. So it's like every decision you make, good or bad, carries off and has like a, the butterfly effect through time and space. And so like what you were saying about the whole like linear aspect of time, it's almost like because you've heard the theory where you're living a million different realities at the same time. Yeah, right? Have you ever heard yeah, you yeah, that? yeah. And I feel like that kind of ties I into mean, it. Like, yeah, I feel like that's totally accurate. Because it's like every decision you make, if you say like yeah. yes or no, it or just like, opens go, up a new tangent. Go, it's like okay, you know? so like you went down that route. Yeah, like, what if it's you all said based yes on there, choice, you know. Right, and so it's like because you're conscious to make a choice, yes. so that's what the whole importance of it all is. Yeah, you and know, free will. Exactly, free will. See, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't understand that, but yeah, you're super right. It's all about because we have, like, even just going back to, like, the Bible and stuff, like, they say, like, uh, the knowledge of good and evil, well, that's, like, choices, you know? It's a different yeah. way of saying, like, now you are intelligent enough to have choices and you know what's good or wrong, or you know it's good or bad, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know if you do this, it's fucked up, whereas, like, an animal doesn't. It's just, like, I need to do this because this is what I fucking do. Okay, tell me if you've experienced this or not, but, like, when you do something that you know is not the right move, something negative happens. Oh, dude, like, so... usually it's almost twice yeah, as bad, but... Because everything that goes around comes around, bro. It does, and I've seen Eventually. It eventually, and I think that's the thing where it's, like, your actions have consequences, but you can't know when the boomerang not. comes back to right. you. You know, whether it's good Dude, or bad. You threw it fucking three months ago or something you know yeah right but yeah no definitely i feel like that would because i mean i feel like back to like uh being in a frequency if you do bad shit that you know is bad you start lowering your frequency you know what i mean yep. so then like you're resonating with this bad stuff to happen to you because that's what you're putting out there so if the law of attraction is a thing then you're gonna like attract you that yep. as back in return you know just like you said, like, what do you, what would you say? Like, what's your opinion on, uh, the SoundCloud rapper, um, vibe that's kind of transcended us? I now? think it's, dude, I think I like the fact that artists found a new medium and became really successful with it and they knew how to work it and work it in their favor to where, like, a lot of these record labels are just, like, useless, kind of. Because, like, they become so successful independently just by putting out shit on their SoundClouds and, like, all this stuff. And it's, like, you know, everything fucking changes, you know? This is just what's cool right now, you know? Yeah. Like, a few years ago would have been what was on <coughs> MySpace, you know? Like, it's just 
that's just what it is now. And I fuck with it, you know? Like, I think it's cool. Yeah, like, like Scar I Lord and fucking... Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to tour with Scar Lord or Ghost Mane or fucking Suicide Boys and... Yeah, nah. I played a show with Ghost Mane, Puya, and Fat Nick. That shit was tight. That's sick. Yeah, we're playing The Gathering, and we're about to play with Puya and Suicide Boys, so that shit should be sick. Bro, I literally... I wanted to ask you if uh, you were co- either not maybe collabing, but had like show plans with Suicide Boys, uh, any of the Lils, yeah. Starloid, Zilakami, like, yeah, any of the, like, I want to. We don't have anything like planned though yeah. at all. But I mean, I have a tour coming that is somewhat fits in with what you're saying, but I can't like say anything about That's it. Fair. I know. Hashtag disclosure. But yeah. That's but dope, though. there is something going on with in that realm, though. That's dope, man. And I, what I appreciate Somewhat. so much... No one you mentioned, though. Okay. Well, no, yeah. no, no, no. But, like, what I appreciate so much about you guys is that me being, like, metal fan, like, uh, more on that side of the fence, like, I appreciate the guitar and, like, the, uh, the screaming vocals that you do, like, so much. And then the rapping is dope. But that's, like, extra for me. Just yeah, like as no, a fan, I feel you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, and because uh, that's the kind of shit I want to hear. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when I listen to a band, I want to hear that, and that's like why I was like, I want to make music like that. You know, like that's what I want to hear. Right. I want to hear fat, fat fucking riffs, but I also want to hear like Boom. sick fucking Boom. rap flows and all this other yeah. shit. Like you know? busted out eight Yeah, like I want to hear a gent riff over your sick ass rap flow. <laughs> like why not? Yeah, you know. Agreed, man. Agreed. Um well, hell yeah. Well, dude, um, you just went on tour with Otep. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess not just. But yeah. Fairly recently. Yeah, like a year ago. Right. Um, was that your guys' first like major tour? With, yeah. Like, an, uh, like established. That was like our first tour. What was that like, man? What was like a highlight from that trip? Like a nugget dude, that you pulled out? Dude, going to Canada was fucking cool. And then like... This was before the album was even out, and, like, we had a few singles out, and this dude in Canada, like, knew every fucking word, and, like, and to the songs that we had out, and it was just fucking crazy. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even know, like, we were doing it like that. I don't know. It was just cool just getting to see it, but, yeah, that was definitely sick. Like, there's a lot of highlights on that tour, and there's lowlights, too, you know? It's just, that's tour. Yeah, like, bro. It was, I went on my first tour. It's just, like, a little DIY tour, like, 10 days with uh, the little pop punk band that I'm in right now. And, like, you learn so much from being on the road and, like, okay, like, I fucking yeah. stank, bro. Like, right. funny shower is, I like, fucking hate haven. that. <laughs> yeah. Baby wipes, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Baby wipes are baby like wipes life. fast food. Yeah, baby wipes are great. The ones that are like, they're not quite baby wipes. They're like fucking. I don't know. They're like, like a the little different. Wipes? No, they're like. There's a brand called Dude Wipes or Dude Showers, some shit like that. But uh, they're the shit though. Those things help yeah, a lot. They help you <laughs> survive. Dude, fuck yeah. They help you survive. But um. Truck well, stop showers too. I did. Uh, I do have two somewhat like regular segments that I try to incorporate. Yeah. Um, are you on Reddit at all? Oh, I love Reddit. I'm always on Reddit. Hell yeah. I'm a lurker though. That's fair, dude. So yeah. I'm a ghost. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Like, I don't really like yeah. upload down votes so people uh, could shit all over that. But um, I wanted you to know if uh, these headlines for like some of the Reddit posts 
are a trap, rap, or just what the fuck. Okay. So, uh, the first one, there's a dude in Oregon that, uh, first of all, so shock value, right? Like shock rock. Like Alice Cooper back in the day. Right. Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. And I think that after Marilyn Manson, I can't remember who said it, they said the the most shocking thing that anyone could ever do because everything's been done after like uh, Rob Zombie and like, you know, some of these shows or like um, God, I can't remember, Cannibal Corpse and like whatever, right? Uh, would be if someone were to take their life on stage. Yeah. And I saw an article where this dude in Oregon went on stage at an open mic and fucking played his little keyboard song and then just fuck on stage in front of like 30 people. That's fucked. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't even... I mean, I feel weird talking about it, but, like, category-wise, or just talk... How does it make... Like, fuck, right? Yeah, like, what do you I mean I never thought categorize? anybody would ever do that. Yeah, that's wild. Fuck. Yeah. Let's skip over that one. Okay. Let's skip... <laughs> <laughs> this is not... Other story, Granny uh, turns herself into the cops at 93 because she's been a good girl her whole life and she just wanted to be arrested. Tight. Is that trap? That's pretty metal, trap. Or... Actually, it's pretty metal. Yeah. Like and the first one was pretty metal, too. It's like yeah. super metal. Yeah, that's pretty what... metal. Okay, so we'll go metal on the first one. Second one with Granny. You say trap or metal? I was going. That's pretty metal. All right. If you're getting arrested right. just because you want to get arrested, fuck it. I feel like trap would be more like you got arrested at night. Yeah, or if she was like slanging herb, and she got arrested for like selling weed or something, that would be pretty trap. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, that was the first time I've done that. Yeah. So, um. Other thing that we do um, is I want to know what your rad message is that if you could send out like we've been sending vibes the whole podcast. But if you could see little 10 year old Adam and you could pick yourself up and just like <laughs> that'd be so fun this like this like in <laughs> this right. That'd be like, cool. What would you tell yourself? Man. I mean, if it was myself, I would be like, dude, just fucking do what you want to do and it's going to be chill, you know? Like, do what you really, truly feel, like, as corny as it is, what you feel, like, inside of you. Like, you know it drives you, you know, it just gives you that feeling that's unexplainable, like, actually gives you a sense of purpose, like, whatever that thing is, do it, you know? Just go for it, fuck it, you have so much time, you know? That's probably what I would say to myself. But to others, that's maybe not just my perspective. My, I guess my rad message would be uh, just fucking, dude, like, okay, if we had an infinite lifespan, like, none of this would mean shit, you know? The reason it's so special and different is because it's limited. So it's like, why are you going to waste your time at, like, this job that you fucking hate or, like... And I get it if it, like, 
because I get it if it, you know, pays the bills and all that stuff. But like, you still got to do that and then make time for your passion. Like, you have to do that because like you just have such a limited amount of time, and. You, you know, the last thing I want to be is on my deathbed, like, having regrets, you know? Like, I definitely would never want to have that. So, I feel like for people out there, just, like, go for it. Like, take that fucking leap of faith and just, like, you're not going to regret it. Because, like, I heard this uh, quote from, I forget who it was from, but it was, like, I think it was a stand-up comedian, but it was, like, people talk shit about guys that are, like, 30 living, or, like, 30, 35, or whatever, living on a futon, but, like, there's guys out there that would kill to be living on a fucking futon that are, like, fucking with their wives and shit, you know, or, like, in their, their shitty job that they fucking hate, you know, like, you know, you just gotta fucking, all I'm saying is, like, life can't just be pay bills and die. Right. At some job that Find like your, you, yeah. you can replace, you can be replaced at. Like, I feel like this is like a spirit school, in a way. Like Earth is in a weird way. Like, I feel like it is. Like you're here to learn something. I mean, I feel like it's not completely random. It just there's a reason why I'm tuned into my consciousness right now and you're in yours. You know, or right. why it's not reverse. And maybe we're all one some other dimension. You know. But I feel like there's some weird shit going on, and I, I want to get to the bottom of it. So I feel like if people like, take that with them and they pay attention to little things, like your life will be good. You just have to tune in with it. Follow your passions, chase knowledge, question Facts. everything, true, true. and be yourself. Preach. Be Preach. yourself. Yeah. Those are our rad messages for tonight. Facts. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Dude, it's been for an absolute me. pleasure. It You're tight. a true homie. Uh, please go check out Dropout King's latest release, Audio Dope. Check out um, really all their stuff on Spotify, iTunes, uh, their website, dropoutkingsmusic.com. Like, it's all lit. Check out the merch. They got pre-orders and all kinds of stuff. Anything else popping off you want the uh, the people to know about? Um, We have, for Arizona people, we have a show coming up, uh, Full Moon Festival, July, or sorry, yeah, July 20th. Uh, at the press room um should be pretty cool and then also uh, august 3rd we're playing the gathering and uh i believe it's 6 p.m main stage we're the first band on main stage um that'll be in indiana uh and if you're in that area come to that shit and then we also have a tour coming up uh just stay tuned if, on social medias for that next one. But, uh, yeah, that's basically all we got for now. We're working on new material. Just trying to fucking keep it fresh for you guys. We are all the better for it. Thank you, my friend. Have a great evening, everyone. Laters.